For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Song of the Grasshopper I've built a grass hut where there's nothing of value. After eating, I relax and enjoy a nap. When it was completed, fresh weeds appeared. Now it's been lived in, covered by weeds. The person in the hut lives here calmly, not stuck to inside, outside, or in between. Places worldly people live, he doesn't live. Realms worldly people love, she doesn't love. Though the hut is small, it includes the entire world. In ten feet square, an old man illumines forms in their nature. A Mahayana Bodhisattva trusts without doubt. The middling or lowly can't help wondering, will this hut perish or not? Perishable or not, the original master is present, not dwelling south or north, east or west. Firmly based on steadiness, it can't be surpassed. A shining window below the green pines, jade palaces or vermilion towers can't compare with it. Just sitting with head covered, all things are at rest. Thus, this mountain monk doesn't understand it all. Living here, he no longer works to get free. Who would proudly arrange seats trying to entice guests? Turn around the light to shine within, then just return. The vast inconceivable source can't be faced or turned away from. Meet the ancestral teachers, be familiar with their instructions, bind grasses to build a hut and don't give up. Let go of hundreds of years and relax completely. Open your hands and walk innocent. Thousands of words, myriad interpretations are only to free you from obstructions. If you want to know the undying person in the hut, don't separate from this skin bag here and now. May all awakened beings extend with true compassion their luminous mirror wisdom. With full awareness, we have chanted the song of the grass hut. We dedicate this merit to all original ancestor in India, great teacher Shakyamuni Buddha, our first woman ancestor, great teacher Maha Prajapati, our first ancestor in China, great teacher Bodhidharma. Our first ancestor in Japan, great teacher Eihei Dogen. Our first ancestor in America, great teacher Shogaku Shunryu. The perfect wisdom Bodhisattva Manjushri. To the well-being of all those afflicted with ills and to peace pervading for all peoples of the world, Gratefully, we offer this virtue to all beings, all Buddhas throughout space and time, all honored ones, bodhisattvas, mahasattvas, wisdom beyond wisdom, Maha Prajna Paramita. Tonight's speaker is Niozan, so when he is ready, he will start us off. Well, uh, good night, everybody. Um, uh, it's good to be among friends. Uh, really nice to see people. Um, is that better with my light, that light on? Yeah, better. 
Um, Tonight, I'm going to start at uh, point A, and uh, it's a mystery whether we'll actually arrive at a point B or C. I'm a little unclear about that at this point, but um, hopefully uh, there will be enough uh, put out there that we will have some way to uh, communicate with one another at the end. And I invite you along the way, um, especially in such a small group, um, feel free to interrupt me at any time, but otherwise I'll look forward to a conversation at the end. Um, yesterday, uh, some of us were here for uh, Asian's talk, and she noted that it's been approximately, well, not approximately, it's been a year uh, since we've been... <coughs> meeting this in this context and um it's been an interesting year i think for everybody um i've been reflecting on what i've heard here um in the last year and um in associated groups like the hyde park zen group and and other places and i think that uh um I may be wrong about this. Maybe this just reflects my own preoccupations. But if I look back at the last year, um, there's one story, one con above all that it seems like people have been speaking of. Um, that is the answer to the question, um, what is the teaching of a whole lifetime with the answer being an appropriate response? And, um, um, Another thing that I've, that's come up a lot, maybe more in the Hyde Park group with different speakers, um, a lot of allusion, reference, focus on, uh, Uchiyama Kosho's, um, uh, remark about opening the hand of thought. And then, uh, you know, I think back about the, chance you know the chant that's really resonated with me over the year this coming this last year and it's this one we just did the song of the grass hut so on um and i think in part you know the all these things of course you know they resonate they echo in various ways but i think one of the specific echoes for me um you know with some of these other things um that appears in in um Solanka, Song of the Grass Hut, is this line, um, open your hands and walk innocent. Let go of hundreds of years and relax completely. Open your hands and walk innocent. And I think I mean, that resonates because, again, we have this image of opening, opening one's hands. Um, 1,200 years approximately before uh, Uchiyama Roshi uh, mentioned it. And so these words, um, let go of hundreds of years and relax completely, open your hands and walk innocent, um, have been kind of like a refrain for me. And, uh, you know, a largely unexamined one. I haven't, it's not like I've been thinking about it, but it's just really stayed with me. And, you know, I think about it, and I put this in the frame of the last year, and I think it's absolutely true. Uh, uh, that these things have been, people have been thinking and talking about these things in the last year. On the other hand, um, I do acknowledge that, uh, that Taigen, uh, began talking about this very, very, uh, robust koan, um, uh, you know, teaching of a lifetime appropriate response. Taigen has been talking about this for a long time, um, quite, quite rightly. Um, uh, but now it's really come into focus in this last year, I think, in, in lots of ways for many people. And likewise, this line, uh, uh, let go of hundreds of years and relax completely. This has been with me for a while, too. Uh, I'm not wearing it now, but as some of you know, well, maybe not everybody. Um, yeah, maybe not most of us tonight. When we sew rockasus, um, uh, 
the teacher then will inscribe something on the back and there's stamps and there's names. And um, uh, this one uh, from when I show you the whole thing, uh, this was, this is my transmission Rakusu. Um, warm hand to warm hand, nothing given, nothing received. Vast emptiness, uh, my name, uh, intimately, vast emptiness int- intimately connects. Um, uh, the first Rakusu I received, um, had the line, uh, it's a different Rakusu, but it had the line, uh, let go of hundreds of years to relax completely. So, um, these things have been with me for a while and I've just been kind of musing on them, uh, these last couple of days. And, um, you know, what are the elements of this? Let go of hundreds of years and relax completely. Open your hands and walk innocent. You know, what is this about really? Um, I'm not really sure, you know, um, I've got some ideas and, um, well, I just, just note this as well. Um, um, one, one of the things that I really like about this chant in general and, and this phrase in particular is that it's a very sort of human scale, right? We, we, um, often talk about in, in, in Dharma, you know, about tens of thousands of millions of kalpas. I mean, these huge, inconceivable, mind boggling, Things are presented to us, and this is great. I mean, it really opens us up to be uh, put into <clears throat> these sort of staggering contexts. Um, I, I have no complaint with that. That said, um, there's all. I, I really like it when uh, I really find myself responding personally when um, things are humanized a bit. So, for example. Um, you know, I, I just was reading the back of my current Rakusu, um, and I read the line, warm hand to warm hand. Now, in Dharma, you know, we often talk about um, mind to mind, uh, that kind of meaning, that kind of transmission. Uh, and that, and that's, that's a little, in some ways, that can be, usually in that context, the mind would be capitalized. And uh, that phrase has has the same kind of, you know, resonance as tens of thousands of millions of kalpas. I mean, you just, you can't quite, um, it's big, it's fast. As opposed to what's said on my Rakusu, which refers to the same thing, of course, but warm hand to warm hand. It's very, it's very human, it's very personal, it's very direct. And, uh, and that's what I like about this, part of what I like about this line. Let go of hundreds of years. I mean, this is a human-sized situation. Hundreds of years. Like maybe I can't let go of hundreds of years, but maybe I maybe I can. But I don't have to think about in some contexts about tens of thousands of millions of kalpas. Maybe I only have to think about sixty-seven years. You know, years I've been given thus far in this life, and what to do about them. And. Uh, it says, relax completely. It says, open your hands and walk innocent. Innocent of what? Innocent of what? And why do we, why do we have to open our hands to walk innocently? What does that have to do with relaxing completely? And I think that part of, you know, probably not exhaustive, but one way to sort of think about this, um, what we are innocent of when we walk forward in the way that Shuko is proposing is um, essentially karma, right? Um, all the conditioning, um, you know, all these sort of um, habits, uh, behaviors, thoughts that tend to reproduce themselves um, in a way that keeps us stuck in our, you know, in, in certain kinds of situations that, that are not satisfactory. Satisfactory by what criterion? Well, uh, by criteria, I guess, um, the criteria of, um, what, um, 
what allows us to see and understand more clearly, more responsibly, more perceptively what's going on in our world. Um, you know, so seeing clearly and, and, and also letting go, getting past, resolving, um, afflictive emotions. I mean, these are two sort of very, uh, classical way things that are talked about is, is what, what we're doing on the Buddhist path, learning how to see clearly and learning how to get past afflictive emotions based on false sense of self. And so that what we're letting go of, what we will become innocent of, is maybe not, um, you know, in the in the context of what our practice is and the way we talk about it. There's no, you know, we're not carrying around any pre-existing original sin. Um, uh, there's nothing. Um, it's a great blessing to be born a human being. Um, there's nothing that we need apologize for um or be forgiven for uh for being humans but uh, as humans uh we come with all this stuff and the short a shorthand for it that we have is is um greed hate and delusion we come uh to most situations with greed hate and delusion passion aggression or ignorance, and this this is not um, regarded as uh, intrinsic to our nature, um, but uh, it's something that, as human beings, we've we carry around with us all these conditioned, ineffective, unhappy responses that keep us stupid and keep us mean. One way to put it. Um, as a as a collective and often as individuals and this is what i think we're being asked to let go of and you know it's an interesting verb to let go because uh the implication there is that we are grabbing onto it for whatever reason whatever uh unskillful or unwholesome reason we we cling to our greed, hate, and delusion in a way that um not helpful for us or anybody. <sighs> Letting go. We have a word for that. Well, we have the, the English words letting go. But another word for that is to forgive. Um the the sort of etymology of that word going back the the root there um, is spelled g h a b h uh, in conventions of translating uh, Indo-European uh, means to give or to receive. So to forgive um, in this is to is to in fact let go. Um, and so, you know, let's play with that. So open your hands and walk innocent, forgive and walk innocent. That's an interesting way to think about it. Cause I mean, normally in, in Christian Judeo Christian culture, we're thinking about being forgiven and whom, by whom primarily not each other, but you know, the man upstairs, you know, that's the way to think about things. I, you know, I won't, I won't comment on it, but that's not the, what's here. It, you know, being presented here, I think, I think it's, you know, to forgive first, to let go, i.e. forgive first of ourselves and secondarily of the people that we're immediately involved with and, um, uh, and then more broadly, you know, at the level of a culture. Now in English, you know, uh, the, the kind of, uh, cliche is forgive and forget. Um, I'll, I'll go back to this. Dogen talks about forgetting. And so I'm going to touch on this a little later, but, um, um, I would contend that, um, 
And, and, and interestingly, the word forget has very much the same sense of, uh, it's a different root, but the root means to grasp. So forgetting is again, a kind of letting go. So we have letting go, we have forgiveness and forgetting. And I would just want to say that, <coughs> you know, for us to relax completely, for us to let go of hundreds of years in order to relax completely, um, we need to forgetfulness may be down the road, but forgetfulness, forgetting should wait until after forgiveness and forgiveness um, should can not should, but can only happen when the work has been done to um, to let go of the, of the situations that keep repeating themselves in our personal lives amongst us as associated human beings who see each other and then more, more broadly, because I mean, this is a, you know, I, I said, you know, that what we're letting go of is um, um, greed, hate, and delusion. Those are big titles, big words, but actually it means all the stuff. Um, they're kind of big headings for all this kind of range of, Stuff that happens in human life that sort of keeps us involved in creating situations that we don't really want. Um, in other words, um, karma is sticky. Karma is not easily let go of. This is the nature of karma. That's part of what it means. It's not just conditioning. It's not just, and it's not you know, really not at all. I think this idea that, you know, we're going to, um, at least in any sort of simple sense that we will be rewarded or we will be punished. Um, but there's a sticky quality there in our lives that, that keep, you know, we're embedded, we're embodied, we're enmeshed. And a lot of the situations we're involved in are not good ones. They're not wholesome ones, you know? Um, and so, I would say that in order to get to the stage of forgetting, and maybe we all get there someday, we have first to do the work of forgiving each other. And this is not something, this is not opening up the hand and it's all going to go away. I mean, there's an element of that. We can talk about that. But there's another way in which it's, you know, we open our hand. It's like a, you know, you know, I rub my nose and ugh, there's a booger on my hand, you know, so I try and flick it off, but then it's here, you know, I mean, it's, there's this really sticky quality, you know, and it's hard, but, um, at some point, this is what we've got to do as individuals, the stuff that we, you know, all the, I mean, I, I, I don't even want to tell you the, um, over the course of 67 years, all the things that I've been involved in that um, uh, I wish I had not been, you know, it's not exactly regret, but I mean, we all carry, we all carry injury. We all carry um, uh, bad feeling about, you know, where thing, you know, situations we were in where we did not manifest as we looking back would want to all that. So there's all that. And then there's all the stuff between us, right? I mean, the, the people who see each other. And then there's, then there really is hundreds of years. I'll say 400 years. You know, we've got just as a convenient thing, you know, we've got these awful situations that, um, somehow have this recursive quality. It's like a nightmare. Uh, did Mark say that wasn't? No, it was James Joyce. No, it was, it was Mark's. You know, about the, you know, um, the nightmares of history weighing on the brains of the living or something. I may have got that wrong, but you get the idea. We've got this situation. So, um, so yeah, we want to, 
We want to give up or we want to let go. We want to act, walk innocent. We'd really like to forget a lot of things, but it's too early to forget. It'll always be too early to forget. Some things have to, have to stay on in memory. Um, and, and we want to, to forgive. We want to let go of, you know, this, the parts of our humanness. You know, we don't want to, it's not what said. We don't want to disown anything, but we, we want to live out our humanness in such a way that um, we are not completely, uh, constantly um, reproducing the conditions, situations for our own individual and communal unhappiness. Um, so we've got to let go, you know. Um, Dogen says that, uh, you know, to carry oneself forward, experience myriad things as delusion, but things come forward and experience themselves as awakening. Well, that carrying forward, that verb is hakobu. I mean, that's very literally, um, it's like what would you, you would do with a suitcase, right? So, so Dogen here, you know, I, I'm not claiming my take on this is what Dogen had in mind, but it's very clear that here again, we've got this idea of like actively letting, letting something go, right? Um, um, There's another very famous line from Dogen, set of lines, you know, to study the Buddha way is to study the self. Sometimes we stop there, but then it goes on to study the self is to forget the self. Forget the self to be actualized by myriad things. Well, you know, just in the spirit of playfulness, you know, what if we say, um, to study the, the, the Buddha way is to study the self, to study the self is to forgive the self. To, to open up in that way. Um, so that, so one, we are more easily able to live with ourselves, but more importantly, so that we will eventually be able to live together in a better way. You know, so to study the self is to forgive the self. To forgive the self is to forgive, forgive others. Forgive others is to be forgiven by others. I don't know. I mean, I'm just, this is all just, um, kind of a, kind of a riff on this stuff, but, um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to share that with you in partly in lack of anything more punchy to say tonight, but, uh, you know, these lines, let go of hundreds of years and relax completely, open your hands and walk innocent. Well, um, you know, that's what, that's what our practice is about. And, uh, you know, I talked about the stickiness of karma. Um, you know, uh, I mean, part of the letting go happens in Sazen itself. And I'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, as I said, you know, there's a stickiness to human life, the stickiness to karma. It's, it's not like you can just open your hand. It's not going to work that way. There's work to be done there. And, and that work, uh, in some sense, uh, is the work of, uh, the precept side of our practice. Um, I don't think it'll be controversial here to say that, uh, I consider the, the, uh, the precept work of our precept aspect of our practice to also include, um, you know, consideration of, uh, our political lives as, as human beings in a particularly constituted society that, um, um, has its own karma that, uh, you know, does not want us or anybody to let go, but wants us to, uh, forget in a negative way and stay in the same place, um, in all kinds of ways, but more, more fundamentally, even than the, the precepts and I'll finish on this point. Um, the work of letting go is, is the work of, of Zazen. I mean, it's really what happens moment after moment, you know, when we 
whatever we might be doing, I, I very often uh, am attending to my breath. And, you know, with each breath that goes out that I'm aware of, you know, that's an opportunity. And it's not an opportunity. It's, in fact, the the act of um, not generating another condition thought, another conditioned response. Um, you know, that then provides the sort of underpinning for, uh, for letting go more broadly, i.e. for, uh, pre-separate. So anyway, thank you very much, uh, for your patience. I think I've gone on long enough. I have no great conclusion, uh, but, uh, uh, just encourage people to, to do Zazen and, uh, Do it again. Anyway, thanks. And, uh, you, you know, <laughs> we didn't get to point B, uh, or point C. That was all point A. So maybe other people will have other things to bring forward. Um, but we can have some kind of a chat here. Hi everybody. Uh I saw saw Mike first and then Joe Kai. Uh thank you for a, a great talk, Yuzan. Um it, it made me think of two things. One was um I just forgot them. Uh -huh. um uh I really liked how you talk about um forgiveness and I think about something that makes it hard for me to like move past my own greed, hate and delusion. Um, I find that a lot of times after the thoughts um, occur, um, that often uh, they're accompanied by guilt or, you know, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or I shouldn't have done section. I should have had this thought or, and then um, it becomes a lot harder to let go. So I really like that idea of forgiveness of things that just, you know, happen um obviously not you know forgiving yourself to the point of uh ignoring the consequences of your actions and thoughts but um so i really like that point and, and the other thing that i thought about in talking about letting go was the idea of control and that um a lot of times at least for me something that makes it hard to let go of my greed and delusion is because i want control in some way either i want to shape a situation. I want, you know, something to be a certain way, or I want someone else to be a certain way or uh, a situation, you know, I want the world to be a certain way. Um, or I want to shape it in my head. So, you know, so, um, uh, I don't have a logical place to go with that, but it just made me think of the concept of control and talking about letting go is kind of that like antithesis. So I don't know if you have, uh, if you want to elaborate on that or anything. Well, no, I mean, I think you make the point precisely. Um, this is the opening the hand. Um, um, and, you know, it's, you know, that situation, the situation, the closed hand is not an accident. It's something, you know, this gets to another element of, 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 you know, the Buddhist theory of, of, uh, Buddhist presentation of karma, you know, which is intentionality. We, we hold on tightly. For precisely the reasons that you said, you know, we want, you know, we want things to accommodate us in a way. Um, and of course, you know, when we're, when we're looking for that kind of accommodation, you know, most often what we're looking for is, is something that will support our, you know, unwholesome tendencies. I mean, I don't, so it's a little too dark of a way to put it. I don't want to say that we're just nothing but like this little, you know, greed, hate, delusion. But there is that aspect. And as I said, there's everything that sort of falls under, you know, this other sticky stuff that falls under those grand categories. But yeah, this idea of forgiveness, you know, there are two definitions of it. Um, you know, I found this in a number of dictionaries, uh, different ways of putting it. You know, the first one is to excuse in a fault, a fault, first definition to excuse a fault or an, an offense. And this is what we're talking about when 
you know, forgiving ourselves or, you know, somebody forgiving me, forgiving me because I've been a jerk or, you know, or me forgiving somebody because they've done some, some kind of damage. That's operative. You know, what's not operative is, um, uh, you know, some sort of pre-existing sense that, you know, there's not a Christian notion that we are fundamentally offensive as human beings or at fault. We're just human beings, right? We're just one of the 10,000 things that have been like, here we are together. Um, the second, the second aspect of the definition, and this turns up in a couple of different places, is to renounce anger or resentment against. And, you know, this is even, I think, a deeper point. Um, you know, a lot of these unskillful, uh, constellations of behaviors and thought and so forth that we call greed, hate, and delusion or, or, uh, karma, you know, with its twistiness and its tickiness, um, comes down to unskillful responses to our situations as human beings. You know, basically, you know, one way to put about it, but it is that we, uh, think that we've been cheated. You know, there's something wrong with the situation of birth, old age and death, you know, i.e., uh, the form in which our human lives appear, you know, and, uh, that's not a situation we need to resent, you know, that's just the way it is. And so, um, that, that's, that's the form in which things are presented. And so we can, you know, we can struggle against that. We can be pissed off about it. We can resent it, or we can find a way to live with it, uh, find a way actually to, you know, this, the situation of, uh, sickness, old age and death. Well, you know, Buddha said it was precious. So, how do we figure that out? You know, and that's, again, that's part of what our practice is about. So I don't know if that helps any, Mike, but thank you for your comment. Uh, Jokai, you had something? Very psychedelic, uh, Van Gogh stuff you got going on there. Thank you. Um, I had a question about the actual, like, process of forgiveness and maybe more like the nuts and bolts of what that looks like when you're actually trying to work through that, you know, and how, how would you do that using the precepts? Well, um, you know, I'll just, in case I'll start by saying, you know, in case I wasn't explicit enough or clear enough about it, you know, Really, Zazen, in a sense, is fundamentally, you know, Zazen being the sort of er letting go is the work of forgiveness, um, in a sense, you know, but I think the question you're asking about is, is, you know, maybe more like, like if you and I have an issue, is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Like when there's a problem between somebody's been wrong, somebody's been hurt? Um, I mean, yes and no, because some of this stuff might be, there might be no way to resolve it. And it's just like, okay, it's on you to, it's on me, the person to forgive because nothing, it's, you know, just a, just a drain of your energy. You know what I mean? So you have to, something has to shift, but I, I, you know, you don't know, I don't know how to get to that point, you know? Well, you know, to go back to your question, I mean, I, you know, I think a lot of it is going to be, you know, the actual mechanics of it is going to revolve very much around, you know, the nature of concrete situations. Um, and there may be, depending on what those situations are, there may be ways in which, you know, you might want to be bringing forth a particular precept and working with it. But I think what I meant more was just the, the spirit of the, the precepts, the spirit of not killing, of not taking, of not, you know, violation of the precepts is fundamentally, you know, again, what type, what, um, 
Dogen. Sorry for that confusion, confusing Tygen and Dogen. Shouldn't happen. Um, <laughs> both great guys. Um, uh, where was I? Um, yeah, no, that's what that that's what what Dogen's talking about when he says about not carrying oneself forward. So you know, it's that spirit, the the spirit of of not trying to you know impress oneself on the situation. And like in a human interaction, you know, if we can, you know, if there's a problem, you know, to the to the degree um, that we can not be bringing forth our own unwholesome tendencies in a situation. Uh, the other party will be able to um, present themselves, actualize themselves as one of the myriad things, right? And and then we can respond to that without creating a situation where we are um, putting them, inviting them into a situation where uh, they repeat whatever offended us or or vice versa, something like that. You know, so we have, you know, I mean, it's like, well, yeah, I'll just let it go there. I'm sorry. Ed. Hey, thanks, Joseph. It was a very nice talk in this intimate setting. Uh, very casual, very comforting. Um, nicely pieced together in my experience of it. And I just, I also would like to say hi to Jan, who... I want to tell you during Zazen, when, when I was looking at the wall, you occurred to me. It interrupted the Linda Ronstan song that was going out of my head. And I turned to look at the screen, and there you are. <laughs> neener, so, neener, neener. <laughs> so I hope you're doing, I hope you are well. Uh, you look great. It's good to see you. Yeah, yeah. You look good. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was wondering, Neil, on um, what and I don't know if this is helpful or, or, or to just to sort of elaborate this idea of innocence or what innocence looks like or what that might, what, what the character of innocence is. It's a very powerful word, especially in the context of that sentence. And it's, it's striking. And I, I was wondering if you had any further thought on that. Well, I don't know that I do beyond um, this sort of obser observation I made that um, in a fundamental sense, uh, we're not guilty, you know, um, uh, we've not offended God or anybody else. We might have offended one another, but we're not carrying around, in my view, this burden of guilt as human beings. We've got all kinds of past stuff that we need to attend to and take care of, but uh, not that. So, so I'm not really sure what I mean by innocent. You know, I certainly don't, you know, I, I made this point about, uh, forgetting if it comes coming after, um, after forgiveness and after the work of forgiveness, you know, so it's not a matter of being not innocence is not being naive, um, or ignorant. Um, I think maybe, I don't know. What I'm coming up with is maybe it's again this idea of not carrying it forward. You know, putting the putting certain burdens down. I don't know what do you, what comes up for you with that word, Ed. No, I mean I think all that makes sense. That's a that's the kind those are that's good. I don't know what the word means. I mean yeah. I have to I have to ask myself what is not in a sense, I suppose, to get a better yeah. handle on it. But uh, that's a more difficult investigation. So I, I don't know. It's a word that's out of place in a way in the in the koan also, it seems seemingly. Hmm. But, but thanks, Jozan. Yeah, your, no, that's your, an interesting point. Out of out of place, Taigen, is that word out of place in your view? I mean, it's an interesting thought. The, and here you the word innocent is that yeah. what um it, yeah, it is a complicated word. Um, uh, it means open. It means not not burdened by um, feelings of 
regret or of guilt or of it's just it's kind of like original mind or something or original face it's just without all the stuff so letting go of hundreds of years is like letting go of all of you know personal and collective karma you know you mentioned the 400 years and what we're also suffering from about that from in this society and uh, but also each of the st- all the stuff we do. One, one of the things I was thinking about, and this maybe this relates to innocence, but part of let, letting go of you, you, you mentioned this word, so I, I just picking up on something you said, Yosan. But letting go of um, letting go and just opening the hand has to do with also with letting go of our sense of control. You know that we're not in. In to, you know that I mean you know there's there's lots of stuff that each of us knows and knows how to do and all that, but ultimately we're not in control. You know we're in in this web of birth, sickness, old age, death, whatever, um, and just to be able to admit that maybe innocence has to do with admitting. Uh, this kind of reality. I don't know. So I, that's, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just riffing on what you were saying. <laughs> it's all a riff tonight, man. Um, no, but that's really, that's interesting because, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking of, um, I mean, as Tygen points out, we are not really in control, you know, in the broadest, biggest sense of the world, uh, word, you know, situations completely exceed us on the one hand. On the other hand, um, and this gets, you know, this gets to this weirdly, you know, there's always this double quality in, in, in Dharma, it seems to me, where you know, Dogen says, you know, you see one side, you can't see the other side. There's always this thing going on. Um, but, um, you know, we're not fundamentally in control and, and, and everything we do makes a difference. It's of fundamental importance, you know, how we respond to the situation that we're not in control of, basically, or fundamentally. You know, which is a kind of control. Um, it, it's something. It makes a difference. And, and Dharma, Buddhism insists on this, I think. Um, it doesn't let you get away with sort of saying, well, things are fucked up, so go with it. It doesn't allow us to do that. Um, you know, it maybe picks up on this, you know, very famous, um, you know, much quoted thing from Suzuki Roshi, the thing about um, you are perfect as you are and you could use, use some work. You know, the the perfect as you are is the side of the innocence, um, the side of, you know, mm. luminosity, of openness and potential for kindness and for insight that we all have. And then the, um, but you could use some work is, is the other side. That's the side of like, yeah, we're innocent and uh, you got to start picking up after yourself. Right, right. So it's, we're not in control. And the other side of that is, and yet we have some responsibility. Sounds like the definition of a really crappy job. No, no, (laughs) no authority and lots of responsibility, but don't resent it. That's just our situation. Well, maybe we're, uh, last, last call. Anybody, Alex, you got anything? You don't have to. I, I don't really have anything, but I did want to say, um, thank you, Nyozon, for a really wonderful talk. It, it very much hit me in the gut and not the head. And so I have a lot of feelings about it, but I'm having trouble putting words to it, but thank you. Sure. I'm glad. So, um, I guess, I guess that's it. 
So now what? Four bodhisattva well, vows? Uh, yeah, we can do the bodhisattva vows. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to mute everyone and um, put the words on the screen just in case. So I imagine we all know them. Three times again. Beings are numberless, I vow to free them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow to realize it. Beings are numberless. I vow to free them, delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them, dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them, Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to realize it, beings are numberless. I vow to free them, delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them, dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them, Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to realize it.